the big brain behind Yahoo Sports. Check out the big brain on bread. Rivals.com. <laughs> Why are you laughing over there? Welcome to the Trojansports.com podcast with Blair Angulo, Chris Watson, and Adam J. Maya. The, the Trojansports.com podcast. It's fun. Isn't football fun? <laughs> it's fun, Blair. That kicks off. Thank you for the landing. Right now. Right now. Welcome back to the Trojansports.com podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined as always by Adam J. Maya, beat, re- beat reporter for Trojansports.com. Uh, a big podcast for us because the NFL draft wrapped up and USC ha- it was a hit. USC was a hit at the NFL draft. Leonard Williams and Nelson Aguilar going in the first round. Uh, several others get drafted as well. We'll break it all down. We'll also talk about recruiting, uh, some commitments, a decommitment. A um, lot to talk about on this podcast show. But how are you? How was your week last week? I had a great weekend. I uh, I watched Madison Bumgarner, Al Gould, Clayton Kershaw again. Kind of boring, I guess. Like you expect it, you know. It's a bit boring when something happens that you expect. Posey went yard on Kershaw, just everyday things. Um, the fight, the fight was a bit boring. As um, expected. As expected. I actually predicted that score, you know that, right? I put it out there on Twitter that I thought Mayweather would win the 116-112, and I, hope, I was hoping I'd be wrong. So that breaks down to what, eight, eight rounds to four rounds? Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been 9-3. Um, it, it wasn't really competitive either side. I mean, I know I understand people that are going to complain about Pacquiao um, trying to, you know, be the aggressor and and force the action, but he didn't have it in him, and that's why they should have fought five years ago. So, this is what you get with Mayweather already, and now you have kind of an injured and old Pacquiao unable to you know, impose his will uh, with his power or speed. So we got what we paid for, I guess. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> were wondering if they're ever going to watch another boxing match after this one kind of let them down it's a little dramatic. bit. I didn't even kind of go there. I, I Instead, I went to the Clippers uh, oh, yeah, you game, game, seven. Yeah, game 7 at Staples Center. So that was a lot of fun. I'm um, not a huge basketball guy, but that game was unreal. Was Where just, were you? What? Where were you? Uh, kind of like lower bowl. I don't, I don't know where the section is. But who, yeah. Does it matter? Like, does it matter where you are? At Staples, very much. Why? There's good seats the the whole way through. No, no. Yeah. Have you been to the 300 level? Yeah, absolutely. It's a nightmare. I sit up there for all the hockey games. Uh, no, I I, I hate it. Okay, I hate it up well, there. get over yourself, snobby. Uh, Leonard Williams drafted number six overall by the New York Jets, uh, defensive end out of Daytona Beach, former five-star, according to Ravels.com, and surprised some people that he fell out of the, of the, of the top five. Yeah, I, the Raiders have a, uh, a pretty, you know, uh, checkered history of drafting up there, and so they better hope that Amari Cooper isn't Darius Hayward Bay. I don't think he will be, but they could have had Leonard and maybe Jalen Strong, and instead they went with... With uh, Amari Cooper well, I thought and another no, defensive end in the second round. I thought the Jaguars at number three overall were, were a perfect fit. Uh, obviously, a Jacksonville, yeah. um, you know, a Florida kid going back home and playing there. They, they ended up getting a kid from Florida as well, uh, linebacker Dante Fowler. Um, but I thought that the Raiders were going to scoop him up. 
and it, you know, like you mentioned, it's one of those things where now we're gonna we're gonna be monitoring how Amari Cooper does in Oakland because that might come down as one of the one of the things that kind of comes back to bite them because Leonard Williams, as, as many people were saying, was the best prospect in the draft and and Daniel Jeremiah told us this a couple of weeks ago that uh he, he was he might have been the surest pick you know it's kind of the the least uh the least potential for disaster there um so we'll see how that kind of works out for for uh for the teams that chose other guys instead of uh Leonard Williams at 6 you mentioned Daniel Jeremiah who correctly predicted that Nelson Aguilar would go in the first round and I still <laughs> haven't fully uh, processed the fact that he would go that high. I just feel like if you're going to be a first-round guy, you would be a game-changer, and you would be a number-one target in the offense. And I never saw Nelson being that in the, at the NFL level. But, um, hey, I'm not hating. I, I think it's cool. And Chip Kelly's offense might be the perfect fit for him if if he kind of moves around because he's very versatile and, and he could play all re- receiver spots they were able to do that with their rookie last year what, what's his name Matthews uh, I, I forget his name from Vanderbilt Jordan yeah no. Jordan Matthews yeah yeah Jordan okay. Matthews uh, he was a rookie had a, a fantastic year alongside Jeremy Macklin and they even kind of let go of Deshaun Jackson because they know that they can kind of fit in whatever they can plug in anybody yeah they, fl- they fit in any receiver and, and I think Nelson won't, won't skip a beat there in that offense yeah but to me if you could fill in with anybody then why draft him in the first round why not draft a guy in the second round maybe i don't know yeah. I, I don't know i mean the, they, not, they, they couldn't have gotten him though apparently i mean it seemed like there were multiple people that wanted him so if that's who you want you get him while he's there so good you know good luck to, to nelson and philly yeah and the pac-12 and good uh, luck to the reporters that are covering him oh yeah that's that's gonna be tough it's going to be tough. He thought the, the media in Los Angeles was bad. Uh, guys like Adam J. Maya asking him questions. Wait, wait until he uh, has to answer some How questions. How Jeremy asked a question yeah. after the game. Yeah. Well, he's, like he's, they didn't win. he's in for harsh reality there in Philadelphia. Uh, and like I was mentioning, the Pac-12 had a very successful draft as well, uh, kind of proving that uh, the, the conference as a whole is very competitive. You know, we always hear about these high-scoring games, and, and uh, it's very even. You know, we've known that this, this conference is now very well-balanced because of the coaching. The coaching is well-balanced throughout the conference. But now we're seeing that, hey, you know, they can produce a lot of players. And Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, geez, he had, he had some talent up at Washington. Yeah, does that? Yeah, it, it does. Right? It does. <laughs> you know I'm not even, going? Yeah, I'm not even going to let no. you finish. Wait, well, then go there, though. We have to make sure that everybody else knows what we're alluding to. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they had that much talent, Shaq Thompson uh, was drafted. Uh, he was the, the kid out of North Carol- uh, Northern California that mm-hmm. uh, that was drafted in the first round. Kenny Shelton. Marcus Peters also drafted. Um, so that's three guys from Washington, obviously two guys from USC. And Steve Sarkeesian never really got over the hump there in Seattle. He didn't. And... I think he still has a lot to prove here at USC. You know what it does prove, though? He's he's a fantastic recruiter. And we've found that out very, very quickly at USC with uh, consecutive top five classes. I mean... You can say he's developed players. You can put that you know, on his resume as well, that he's developed people, that he's put people in a good spot. Shaq Thompson, now Sula Cravens, apparently setting them up for the next level. 
So, you know, it, it isn't black and white. And he could always have that on his resume that Nelson Aguilar was drafted in the first round while Marquise Lee was not and while Robert Woods was not either. One other thing about Aguilar that uh, came to mind last week as I you know, kept thinking about him going in the first round was that he had a great junior year. The other two did not. Robert and Marquise both were injured throughout yeah. the junior year. So neither one of them were coming off a great year. If they were able to come off their sophomore year, they're going even higher than 20, I believe. I think Marquise, out of his sophomore year, would have been a top 10 pick. Right. And I, I even see Robert going like 15 to 20. After that sophomore year, he had 111 catches and probably should have won a Blitnikoff. So... Nelson had the benefit of being healthy that final year and had never been injured. So there were things about him, I guess, that people felt more secure about. I just don't think that he's better than both of them. Yeah, and since we have to plug in some UCLA here, no first-rounders for the Bruins. Uh, USC also had Josh Shaw drafted, Javarius Allen. Buck Allen Buck. drafted, uh, Randall Telfer and Hayes Pillard. Uh, Josh Shaw and Buck Allen were drafted in the fourth round, Telfer in the sixth, and Hayes in the seventh. What did you make of where they fell? I know you were a little surprised that Randall was, was taken at all. Yeah, I didn't know if Randall or Pillard would be taken. I knew that they would sign, and I thought that they would probably stick. I didn't think they were going to fall out of football or anything like that, but... I didn't know if they get drafted. And I mean, they didn't know either. When you get drafted at that point, it's really, you know, a crapshoot. Um, Josh Shaw, fourth round, that's good for him. I mean, that's where he should, that, yeah, that's yeah. around where he should be. I, he Probably lost a second round. Right. He lost he a lot. Yeah. He lost a lot because of, of the, 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 the issue for, for last year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, like you mentioned, he probably is a second round. So, uh, there's great value there. That, being that taken issue is a double whammy too. It's an injury and, you and can't an off play. field issue. Yeah. And you can't play. Right. And it's a triple. triple yeah. Right. Because you can't show your, your traits as, as you know, your final. Year. Yeah, the fourth round. Yeah, I think it's a value pick, and he might be one of those guys that, hey, you know, down the line we look at it and it's like, oh man, you know, fourth round, how did that happen? Yeah, uh, and then we'll remember why. Um, <laughs> and one guy that we're not talking about yet because he wasn't drafted, and his name is George Farmer, and this kind of leads you to wonder, you know, did he make the right decision to to leave USC early? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, no. If he comes back, and I meant to make this point a week ago. And I'm not just saying it because he didn't get drafted. I really believed that it, had he come back, he probably, you know, he probably, I'm looking at him maybe getting about 40 to 50 catches. I don't see a big breakout year. I see a, a productive year. And I think with that, he probably goes, you know, all things considered, no injury, can still run the 4-3-5, had 40, maybe 45 catches. I think that he would probably go in about the fourth round, in the middle of the draft, you know, give or take a round, in the middle of the draft. And he was never going to go in the fourth round coming out of this year. I think he thought he would get drafted near the end. I didn't know if he would get drafted, and there was always that risk that he, you don't know. There was no you know, definitive stance that he would. He probably got bad advice from you know, perhaps his father, but uh, at the very least, an agent telling him that, you know, you're a, you're a sure bet to get drafted when he really wasn't. You know what my, my gripe with, uh, my gripe is with the NCAA. 
And I'm, I'm not one of those guys that blames them for everything. And I'm not like a conspiracy theory guy. I don't like the fact that they only have a first round and second round draft evaluation. I feel like a guy like Farmer gets screwed by that more than anybody. And there are other people like him where let them know, okay, are they like a third or fifth round guy? Or, and if they're not that and they're beyond that, fine. But that's not enough information because there are a world of players that are going to get drafted after the second round. So they're all being evaluated as no, you know, no selection. Five rounds is way too much to, to be in the dark about. And so if you tell a kid, okay, you're highly probable to be drafted between the third and the fifth, then I think they're, they have enough information. Okay, I'll go. Or, you know what, you're not even in the top five rounds. I think George Farmer gets that evaluation. He never leaves. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's well said. Um, now it's time for your weekly bumper sticker award. Who are you giving it to this week? Well, we haven't talked about this yet, but USC Baseball had a, a mixed weekend where they threw a big game away against Cal State Fullerton. They were up 3 nothing, and they lost that game 5-3 in 12 innings. I braved the entire four-and-a-half-hour game. And a shout-out to all the, the fans there on both sides. The majority of them were there for that entire game, even though it ended at, I think, like 10.30. And so I appreciate when you see the, the support, um, again, from both sides. But the USC fans, I feel like, have really come around and, and been there and been behind the team and kind of fallen in love with the team. Anyway, so they were there. I was there. And then uh, this past weekend... They won two out of three, and they really should have had a sweep there, and they threw it away against Utah. And so, AJ Ramirez, uh, you get my bumper sticker award. You uh, you were the Pac-12 Player of the Week, and he's really been their best hitter for a couple weeks now, and has had a big impact, especially at the bottom of the lineup. You love when you have a guy in the lower half that can deliver or can start a rally. He's not just bringing people in, but he's actually, you know, leading off innings and, and creating offense there. Had a couple of stolen bases the night that I went. So, A.J. Ramirez, uh, you, uh, you deserve better. USC really should have had a sweep there, but they got issues with that pitching stuff like we've talked about. So, you know, I feel like that's going to, be, you know, really uh, make or break what they can do in the playoffs. USC now sitting three games uh, out of first place with three teams ahead of them in the Pac-12 standings. And they are number 15 now in the Baseball America Top 25. They were 13th last week, so they're kind of stumbling a little bit. And we'll see if now uh, they end up getting a regional spot because it's it's getting a little dicey now. They might have lost it this weekend. Yeah, so, but um, anyway, so we'll be right back to chat USC recruiting here on the ShowJustSports.com podcast. <laughs> Hey, it's the QB Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Powered by Rivals. We're back on the Trojansports.com podcast here with Adam Maya and a special guest, our producer, Chris Morales. How's it going? <laughs> I thought you were joining us this segment. 
our producer Chris Morales. Is that the title producer? Are you? I mean, is that what is that what you are? Good I don't know, but that voice that came back from break that sounds very familiar. I wonder who that guy is. That's you. Oh, it is me. Yeah. Okay. So, so, what, so, so what, I'm more than just a producer. I'm sort of a jack of all trades. Yeah. That. Well, I just don't know how. To By the way, hi, Adam Maya. How are you? Hi. I just don't know how to describe <laughs> you. You're, Engineer. Yeah. Mixer. Producer, mixer, uh, part-time DJ. No, not a disc. You have a, no. a lot of great music in that laptop. Though. Well, that is true. That is true. Now, Blair and I, I don't know if you know this, Adam, and everybody listening to this amazing program on Trojansports.com, Blair and I host the Rivals.com roundtable every weekend on Yahoo Sports Radio. Yahoo Pretty Sports it. Radio, of course, a pair, a partner with Rivals and all that. That's how I've ended up here, thanks to the great Eric Winter, Chris Swanson, the publisher of Trojansports.com. And I wanted to jump on just to say hi. Yeah, no, we're glad Because to Adam have you. has thrown out that maybe you and him could shine more. If someone like me was doing the heavy lifting, as we in radio speak, it's called the heavy lifting, coming need, in and out, yeah. you know, sort of segueing through things. We need like someone I do, funny. I don't know if I'm funny. Well, well, we need something that will be funny. What do you mean funny, Adam? Like a clown? No. Like, like, like I amuse you? Like you amuse me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let me get my shine box. Um, we, need, we need a little bit more humor. And unfortunately, Blair is lacking. I just don't bring, I don't bring the heat on the, in the humor department. Well, you guys are writers. I was, never, I was a writer in high school, but then I chose a different path, radio, which involved a lot more drugs and a lot more debauchery. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing. So, See, we're bringing, so, we're bringing the humor already. So I'm a little bit looser that's probably. Wanted, that's what I wanted. This is what Adam wanted. This was his thought process. You've know, you got to give credit to Adam. This for is being, Adam's vision coming into full fruition right Adam's now. a big thinker. Actually, I got us a sponsor, and in order to lock that down, I had a promise that we'd have a funnier podcast and our producer on. And so I'm going to introduce that right now. Um, Glamour Shots by Geb. If you guys remember from Napoleon Dynamite, Geb that shot the Glamour Shots to raise money for college. New sponsor. She took uh, the shot of uh, Blair Angulo profile picture on Rivals.com, and she can take your shot for... Twenty nine ninety nine. So. I've never watched Napoleon Dynamite. And of course you haven't. Yeah, well, you've so. got, you haven't watched any movie. Like you didn't no. even understand the whole Goodfellas bit. I just no. The, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's it went like right you, over your you're head. completely just missed on that one. Well, that's okay. That's, no, a, that's everyone a, got it. Other than you. That's a swing and a miss. Glamour shot spike. So head. how do I get a glamour shot, Adam? I think I need a glamour shot. I mean, this face, it needs a glamour <laughs> shot. So you're talking about my glamour shot on the on the message boards, right? Yeah. You think that's a glamour shot? No. You haven't seen glamour shots, my man. Deb shot that. That's her quality of Glamour Shot. Okay. All right. Well, so I go to GlamourShotsByDeb.com. <laughs> yeah. Blair, I'm not letting this up. This is a sponsor. All right. Let's do it. It's paying your salary for this radio show. <laughs> okay. Glamour Shots by Deb. Let's go to this website right now. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to go. Glamour Shots dot by Deb. Dot com. Dot com. It's a I think re- I spelled. Might gla- a- I might have spelled glamour wrong. It's a real thing. Is this, you. is this the one with the puppy and the the guy? Yeah, the fully bearded guy. Is that really a a real domain? It is. <laughs> is that Mark Wahlberg? Oh, is this not a real sponsor? Are we doing a joke? It was a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, he he just fooled us. Oh, okay. Okay, well then, never mind. So it was a whole bit. See, and, and you didn't think Adam Maya could bring humor. He completely got you. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's, uh, let's chat a little bit of recruiting right now. I didn't think we were going to the domain. <laughs> and there is a domain. <laughs> it's <love> a real. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little USC recruiting now. They landed a big commitment from a quarterback. 
Matt Fink, Matt Fink of Glendora, California. Uh, let's pull up his huddle tape right now okay. and kind of analyze him because th- there's the long talk and the and the long-standing discussion of you know which direction is USC heading in in uh, quarterback recruiting. So let's take a look at Matt Fink. Uh, his first play already looks like Matt Darnold to me, uh, or you know Sam Darnold to me, sorry. Uh, Matt Fink, very fast, long legs, uh, long strides, uh, can do the zone read stuff that, that USC wants to kind of go with now uh, with that dual threat look. Um, he could also do some stuff under uh, under center, uh, behind the behind the center. Yeah, who does that anymore? And, uh, but he can drop back, and he has a good arm. I mean, in on video, it looks like he has a strong arm uh, uh, can throw downfield. Uh, his second play on his on his uh, huddle film, which you can find on Trojansports.com, is you know a 45-yard touchdown pass, and then he drops back again and you know heaves one another 40, 45 yards downfield and hits his guy in stride. So you know he's a guy that I think brings a lot of different things to the table. Uh, he can he can be very versatile. I compare him a lot to Sam Darnold, and actually that's kind of what he reminded me of when I saw him on film. Yeah, I guess. They, you know, they're they're going all in on a mobile quarterback. It's really confusing because they did go hard after KJ Costello, and they were talking to Patrick O'Brien, who they had you know intimated that they would offer him a scholarship. And like Patrick they, O'Brien's a bigger uh, in the pocket guy yeah, as well, he's a pro style guy. And I believe that that's the direction they were going to go in next if they didn't get Fink. So. They're clearly open-minded. But remember, they also went to Shea Patterson, and they wanted him before they really kind of went full full on on KJ Costello. Right, so another mobile. Yeah. So guy. and something that Tate Martell, who's the top target in 2017, who has an offer already, and he's visiting this coming weekend. Uh, he he's told me that USC just wants the best quarterback available, and okay. then they'll fit that offense according to that quarterback's strength. So he knows, yeah. he knows. hey, you know, they're going after Ricky Townwell. You know, his strength is kind of more of a pocket guy who can decipher defenses and, and pick apart uh, secondaries. But then if they want to go Sam Darnold route, you know, he's a guy that can kind of run with the ball, make things happen with his legs, and they'll go with whatever quarterback fits them. Um, so, you know. And, and that should, I think, calm people's fears. Think about it. Cody Kessler statistically had the best season in quarterback history for USC, the best season for a quarterback in USC history. He's not a real mobile guy, you know. He's not even like, he doesn't even have one trait that wows you from a physical standpoint, and yet good enough in many ways and had a huge year, and their offense tailored around him was dynamic. You know, I mean, he, he had a dynamic year, and so... I think that should show you that their offense really would be suited for anybody. Chris, you're a guy that watches USC football, and and you you've been watching them for years and years, and you know it's. it's I once owned a Matt Weiner jersey. It's your team. It's your team. So, as a fan, what kind of quarterback entertains you? What kind of quarterback do you want to see at USC? I was a Carson Palmer guy. So, kind of in the pocket, pro style, in the pocket, gun, pro style, gunner, classic, guns it out. Somebody that you can root for once they make it to the NFL. You know, obviously, well, they, Mark they Sanchez. Mi- well, they missed out on KJ Costello, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure we can. Yeah, I mean, you I, get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I hear you. It, it, you know, and that's that's kind of what uh, is is it, when you think about a USC quarterback. That's kind of what you have, you know, in your mind. That's why I think people are a little hesitant to to go this route and kind of look at guys like Matt Fink. I think the bigger question surrounding Matt Fink 
because I look at him and sure, he very well could be a good player for them if he plays there. They need to bring in another guy. We've talked about it, but we have to talk about it again because they have five scholarship quarterbacks right now. Cody will leave. Fink will come in. And we learned something last week. Uh, Khalil Kate from Guardian and Sarah told us that they told him, USC, that they told him that Jalen Green was moving to receiver and that he would probably be playing a little bit of both. But I've told you over and over, Blair, not to not Jalen Green. He's not playing quarterback at USC. Not happening. Basically, you have right now you have Kessler, Brown is backup. The third string quarterback is whoever is better between Darnold and Town in the fall. That's the third string quarterback. And then Jalen Green. And then that other the, the loser of Town and Darnold will definitely redshirt. And you don't usually get to your third string quarterback occasionally. I mean we saw with Ohio State. When you get to your fourth string quarterback, that's like UCLA and OA with Kevin Kraft. That's you know, not going to happen. Not at USC. So, you don't even get to your fourth string guy. Jalen Green is not going to play quarterback at USC. So, even if you don't count him, and you say that you have, uh, in 2016, you have Town, Darnold, and Brown, do you bring in that thing? He, well, here's my counter. is A thing right now is, is they're bringing him in because he's not going to scare anyone off. You know, a guy like Tate Martell's already said, I'm not scared of competing against a Matt Fink or even a Sam Darnold or a Ricky Town. So I think USC has that going for them. That in the 2017 class, if they find that number one guy, they have two offers out, obviously, to uh, Tate Martell and Tua Tagabailoa from Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. He's my guy. Um, so, you know, those guys that are ahead of these quarterbacks aren't going to scare anyone off. They're not those top-tier elite guys that are can't miss, you know, number one prospect in the country at the position. So Steve Sarkeesian has that to sell. They they have, obviously, they're building a great defense. They're building, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some depth now, finally. And now when they do see that number one quarterback and they, they, uh, they, they can't really scare him off. They can't okay. say, oh, you know, you know, we have, we have these, you know, this, we've stockpiled a, a ton of five stars at the position. You know, I'll, it's, I'll it, give you that. I'll raise you this. What I don't like about it, about having a fourth guy, let's say, is that you got to give them all reps if they're going to be any good. And that's hard to do. And obviously, you know, even this year, you're going to be giving Cody all the first-team reps. Max Brown didn't get really any first-team reps until the final week of spring. So even he, I feel like, is not as prepared as he could be, not, to, not because of him, but because they haven't given him reps. They don't have, they don't have the reps to give him. Yeah, and with this, you know, you're going to have to develop guys. Yeah. So, that, so that's, how do you develop and that, a well, third that, and fourth string and that's guy the thing, that's, when they're always that? And that's the thing. It's, it's going to lead into, well, this kid didn't pan out. Or, you know, this kid transferred out or this kid's transferring out. So, yeah. or this kid's moving to a different position. So, um, I, I yeah. Don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like going beyond three guys. And you, and quarterback recruiting specifically is very, very vital. You know, it's very important. Uh, it's, probably the most important position on the field and when you're recruiting that position you have to keep that in mind that he you know this guy is going to lead our team and you know this guy might be you know the reason why I stick around at USC longer or why you know I'm going to have to look for another place to to coach so you know we'll see how that kind of pans out USC also landed a commitment from uh Velis Jones is it Velis? 
I thought it was Velas. Velas? Well, Velas Jones uh, from Saraland, Alabama. Uh, a lot of talent in the South, Chris Morales. I had no clue about the name you guys were talking about, but this is why I listen to you guys, so I can get informed. Yeah, Velas Jones, he's a three-star receiver from Saraland, Alabama, about a three-and-a-half-hour drive from Tuscaloosa. Uh, had been getting uh, you know, some offers. Uh, he had an offer from Florida, uh, had an offer from Louisville. Um, you know, Vanderbilt was in there as well. Uh, not not the biggest names, but USC goes in there and takes a receiver, which is a little bit surprising given all the, the talent out here on the West Coast at the position. Yeah, he... He didn't have the Alabama and Auburn offers, and so I think that's why they were able to pluck him out of there. And T. Martin is is a native of Alabama, so he went in there and, and got a guy. Do you realize that USC has only had one player, um, according to their media guy, one player from the state of Alabama ever? Who was that? And I, gosh, <laughs> Blair, I don't have it off the top of my head. He played about 80 years ago at USC. Okay. From Alabama, the yeah. only one. Just one guy. Just one. Well, the, the Velas Jones is still about nine months away from National Signing Day, so we'll see if he becomes number two. But he said he was down. He liked that. He, he doesn't mind. He, he wants to come out here this here. summer, right? Yeah. And, and camp with them and kind of visit and all that. Yeah, he hasn't been here yet, so... That well, yeah, well, I mean Tristan Tristan Payton, remember him? Right. You know, he's a guy that kind of reminds me of of this mold. You know, Tristan Payton didn't have the big offers. He was a three star receiver from the South. Then other schools jumped on him after USC landed him, um, and, and it kind of you know steered him away. And he kind of you know obviously. Tristan Payton had some different circumstances there, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he sticks. The one guy that's not sticking is Isaac Garcia, a four-star defensive end from Bellevue, California, or, or uh, Washington, yeah. Bellevue, Washington, mm-hmm. um, and he's a Rivals 250 prospect. Um, he decommitted uh, earlier this week, and uh, it, it's one of those things where I think he's very torn up about it. You know, he was a childhood USC fan, uh, lived down here in Southern California, has a lot of family in uh, Southern California. And, um, you know, USC is loses kind of a – he's an outside linebacker, defensive end, uh, can play some tight end as well. So one of those versatile guys and uh, and a guy that I think committed to USC maybe a little too early. You know, mm-hmm. there was always there was always those questions whether or not he would stick because he was always a, maybe a bit curious to see what his recruiting process would bring if he had not been committed. So I think he opens, he opens things up now to, to figure out whether he picks up any other options. He committed before Sunny Day, and that was before you had that full haul of linemen and linebackers. And so I'm going to chalk this up to a numbers game with him, especially with you saying that he's pretty torn up about it. Sounds like he wants to come to USC, and right now the word is... USC doesn't really have a spot for him. Yeah, or not even a spot, but maybe they're focusing on other positions in this class. You know, yeah. other positions are you know more important. Uh, you got to shore up some depth uh, in other spots. So, uh, Isaac Garcia is out. USC has uh, what is it? Eight, seven commitments right now. Yeah. Uh, Dalen Hayes is the five-star linebacker from from Michigan. Uh, had another great performance at the Rivals camp a couple weeks ago, and that's worth noting. They have their two linemen, Frank Martin, Nathan. Smith, Mike Juarez considered maybe a soft commitment right now, not really a commitment, 
but he's on the list because he hasn't officially said he's not committed. Uh, Melky Stova, who we saw last weekend at the B2G 7-on-7 in Costa Mesa, and he looked fantastic. He was, you know, Interestingly enough, he was doing some cornerback too. Mm. So you know, I don't know if it was out of necessity or if he really likes playing that spot. Uh, I think without a doubt his future is, is kind of as a scat back, as a slot receiver who can you know, make plays in open space. So Melky Stovall is, is, is one of the running backs right now, and uh, Vilas Jones and Matt Fink, like we mentioned, uh, were, were six and seven. Uh, let's get to some of those questions, Adam. Oh, yeah, we have some questions on the message board for this podcast, which is something that we want to do here, and I think uh, you know it gets us kind of interacted. And Anyway, first question is asking, what are the chances that Johnny Nansen pulls another running back out of the state of Texas in the next couple of years? Um, I mean, I would say they're good. You know, they, they've they shown that they can go in there getting Aga Cedric Ware and getting Ronald Jones. Uh, I know they were in on, on Soso Jamabo for a while as well, and he was interested. I know, you know, he USC probably made his top six or seven. Um, so, you know, I think uh, USC can go to whatever state they want to and get whatever guy they want to. Uh, I think it'll, it'll hinge on the success of Ware and the success of Jones. If those guys can get on the field maybe early, one of those two guys you know one of those two guys has to kind of make a, a Justin Davis impact as a freshman uh, kind of like Davis did as a freshman um, you, you you know you kind of show some glimpses maybe some promise and and hey if you win some games you can get guys out of wherever so I think USC will be able to to, to work its connections in Texas I know Nansen likes going down there I know Keith Hayward uh, also recruits a lot of uh, kids from Texas so you know it's uh, it's one of those uh, Texas had two guys drafted in the first round so the, the the talent there isn't as high as it has been in recent years. Um, so, you know, if you pull a guy from Texas, you have to make sure he's the right one. Most likely player to commit to USC next? Jordan, uh, Jordan Elliott? Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. That That's a tough one. That's, that's, a, that's tough a good one. one. Maybe. Um, Not Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> no. Well, they already got their quarterback. Um, yeah, Elliott's a guy. Um yeah, man. Uh, let me see. Let me let me go through the list of of uh, recruits that have offers, and we can kind of do this in real time. Okay. Um, hmm. I can jump on another question while you're doing it. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Um, what are the percentages that Chris Hawkins is able to maintain the starting role at safety in the fall? I'm probably going with a sixty percent, sixty-five percent. Yeah, I really believe that he will start the opener. I think, um, and I mean, if you're asking for the fall, like meaning training camp, then I think they're about what Blair said, uh, maybe even up to 70. But I don't know that he keeps it. I, I mean, that's, you know, there are way too many variables there. He hasn't played that position in a game, and they're going to be working in new people as well. But um, the, the, the second question, which I like, um, if he can't hold that position, is he still the third best option at cornerback? And I think he's about even with Jonathan Lockett. Um, I, I know that we like Lockett, Blair and I. We like Lockett a lot because we think that he's a pretty uh, reliable, dependable type of guy. And he's not going to maybe wow you, but I don't think he's going to burn you either. You know, it's yeah. kind of like maybe small risk, small reward. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, going back to the question about the the next commit, I think it's 
I think it's probably I'm going to be super safe here and okay. say it's going to be CJ Pollard. Okay. The four-star safety at a Gardena Sarah. Um, I know he wants to commit uh, in, in you know in a few weeks. I, I think next month is his decision date. Um, and he and you know he really likes USC. His father went there. Uh, it all it's all pointing to him weighing all his options, but just trying to figure out if there's a, a school that can match to USC. I think he's he's already set the bar so high for the Trojans, and uh, you know schools kind of have to match that. So you know he's gone on visits. He's he's checked out some schools, but I think what we're reading into that is that you know now he's just trying to figure out if there's someone that can take USC from the top for him all right we have a couple other questions on the board but we've kind of covered them but we want to if you're hearing this right now please of course you are because I'm saying it and you hear it but um, please put more questions on the board I'm going to open up that thread every week and throw your questions on there for the podcast and we'll make that a regular feature here yeah, and hopefully we can get Chris Morales to be a regular feature as well. A regular feature? Maybe just opening. I don't know if you guys can afford that. Maybe just opening <laughs> up, opening up segments and being funny. So we do you have any sort of Trojansports.com uh, you know, fun things that you can pay me with? I mean, I already have a subscription. Is there um, any sort of gear? A Chris Swanson T-shirt? Yeah, we have to get on the phone with Chris Swanson. Glamour shot by Gab? Yeah, well, th- obviously that's not real. I was getting excited. I thought I was going to have a glamour you shot. You really thought that? I like thought I it was, was real because I'm like naive. I was, you know, I'm naive and I have no idea what you're talking old, uh, about. A 12-year-old high school kid or something. You, you, they you get really, those glamour shots at the hold mall. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Both of you like genuinely believe that we had glamour shots by Gab? Swansonist? I never watched the movie, so I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> and Chris? I really bought into it i thought you were out on the street selling that's awesome well good job um so for chris morales and adam i i'm blair and gulo thanks for listening to the trojansports.com podcast well now right now usually is when something pre-recorded for me plays and and it will play right now or i could just do it live you want to i don't remember the copy exactly i think it says something like <laughs> thank you for listening to the trojansports.com podcast if you want to follow the boys on twitter at adam j maya at B. Angulo, Bangalore, at B. Angulo, mm-hmm. and at Chris P. Swanson, correct? Yes. That's right. We'll see you next week for another edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. Wow.